0: Hey everyone, welcome to this edition of the Not So Common Podcast. It's Saturday, February 10th, 2018. My name is Pat Country. I'm here in the still-to-be-finished-with-construction <laughs> at Castle Country. Lots of stuff going on right now in my life. I just established an LLC. I still have to send in some forms for the state. I got to get my taxes done. I feel all grown up now, right? You, you know, you get your you get your house, you get your LLC. What's what's after that? I don't know. Is there a kid out there that I fathered in college? I don't know about maybe. It's probably like a sixty percent chance of that. I hope everyone's doing well in 2018 so far. Uh, again, the game room is is getting there. Uh, eventually, I'm going to have more guests on and and establish more of a routine here. But I have the flooring guy literally coming back on Monday. Because a quarter of the of the studio here, the flooring has to be redone, has to be, I guess, evened out. There's a really bad squeaky spot here that has to be taken care of. And that sort of pushes my whole schedule of my life back in general. Not just being able to produce online video and audio content, but also being comfortable in my own place. And having a few days go by without someone, you know, smashing hammers or painting or... Or doing what what have you, you know? The, the, this house has been worked on for the past I don't know eight weeks, maybe more at this point, and it's it's getting there. But there's so much weird stuff being found here. This, this is definitely first world. I have a house problems, but this is my first time owning an actual house. And when you see things and have your you have your uh, your contractor find things and point things out to you, like oh, guess what. These windows and the framing—it's not actually a square. It's not a ninety-degree angle at the corners like it should be. That's kind of trouble, troubling when you find that stuff out after you just, you know, got a mortgage and are indebted for the rest of your natural life to some loan shark out in the East Coast to get your loan. <laughs> but that's what—that's what happens when you own a house. There's always something to get done. But for the most part, it's getting there. I have equipment uh, ordered. I have – we had new mics as you saw in the CU podcast with Ian a couple of weeks ago. I have a computer. I just got a new video card. By the way, thank you. Thank you all you cryptocurrency uh, dweebs out there and thank you all the miners for helping jack the price on all the graphics cards. So the graphics card I got was, I don't know, $140 cheaper only like eight months ago. I think it was like a $240 card. And I just paid like $380, $390 for the same graphics card due to the due to the demand. But you know what? Bitcoin has plummeted in the past six weeks or so from close to uh, 20000 Now it's down – oh, no. Now it's down to 8000 Oh, wow. And, of course, people say, well, it was, a, it was only $1,000 a year ago. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, you were. if you're saying that to me right now, you probably didn't have it a year ago because you got the hell out of it if you were smart by then. So yeah, I, th- I think what's, what's to remain to be it remains to be seen what uh, crypto coin, if one will be the winner of all of this, but I think just the blockchain technology is, is what's going to win out out of this whole craze as, as it's becoming more and more known uh, and more utilized by different tech companies uh, what what did uh, what did my friend tell me? my friend AJ who I reference uh, rarely on the podcast. He's always on the forefront of knowing about this technology stuff. He was telling me how even Kodak is starting to use the blockchain technology to digitally stamp photographers' photos so that you will always know where they're utilized. And so it's a whole uh, you know, copyright uh, utilization of blockchain technology. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking intelligent and cool. And I'm just trying to think of all the other ways that through that blockchain can be used or as an example of blockchain being utilized in the future. And I think that's what's going to win out is the technologies that enable blockchain to be used or the tech companies that, that uh, develop quicker or better means of blockchain technology versus the actual coins themselves, which anyone and their daughter could could create their own cryptocurrency technically. It's not like you need authorization to do that. Or maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about as I look at my serious XM stock that I've had since 2004. (laughs) Hey, that can still – hey, it's gone up. I should get out soon. So, uh, yeah, what's been big in the the news – and this is not going to be a very, very long uh, podcast. Uh, I don't know if you guys enjoy these without a guest or not. I don't know if I have any talent. Who the hell knows? That remains to be seen still in this day and age. But Logan Paul. Not learning his lesson. Of course, Logan Paul is the hunky Tiger Beat vlogger who recently got in trouble. And by the way, before he got in trouble, he was all over. He was helping like promote stuff like The Rock, uh, for, uh, that crappy Baywatch movie a year ago. He was in videos online with him. And he's been on talk shows. So it's, it seems that, that – I think that's what usually happens with, with these YouTubers, whether it's PewDiePie or Logan Paul. You get You get big enough – that you go on a talk show, like a, a a real TV talk show, your head gets too big, you think you're invincible, and you do something really freaking stupid, and you get cut down to earth, like what happened with uh, Felix a year ago. Um, so with Logan Paul, you know, we, we talked about on, on the CU podcast about him going to uh, Japan and, and thinking it'd be an awesome idea to film a, not just film a suicide corpse, but then Kind of joke about it, and then besides that, and he got he got in trouble for that, and, and uh, you know, people were up in arms over that. Besides that, he was like fucking with people uh, on the streets of Japan, throwing Game Boys on the ground in the streets, and just being just being an ass. And I think that's a pure sign of not just where you're at in terms of your talent level, but your longevity is ha- like screwing with people pranks in the in public I think that only goes so far it only gets you a certain type of audience and then you, you sort of hit a plateau when you do that and I've told certain youtubers that to their face that yeah it's not cool when you fuck with for example GameStop employees you're not you're not you're not a man doing that it's not entertaining you're just you're just screwing with with normal people just living their life if something isn't funny okay this is the scenario I post to people that like doing these quote-unquote pranks in public or mess with people if you took the same scenario and you eliminated the people the observers not knowing what the hell is going on would it still be funny would it still be laughed at if, if the only provision of the humor factor in a prank situation is unknowing bystanders adding to the reaction oh my god these people don't know, that, what, don't know what the hell is going on That that's not humorous to me that doesn't count as comedy at that point because what you're doing is just a, going for shock value, with poor people just going about their day, buying a fucking loaf of bread, or going, you know, hanging out with their daughter, getting a, a, sampling some ice cream, you know, on the boardwalk. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why boardwalks in my head. I'll get to that probably later, since someone asked me something about Jersey Shore on on, on Twitter. But you see what I mean, though. And and besides that, though, I think it's compounded when you are doing a daily vlog like someone like Logan Paul is, is that you have to try to seem like your life is so infinitely interesting that people feel the need to tune in every day to watch your boring-ass life in reality. And I think that's what we're seeing with with the vlogging scene uh, right now, especially with someone like Logan Paul it keeps getting into trouble. So what did Logan Paul do? He was away for a month. He did a, hey guys, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry. He wasn't really sorry. If he was sorry, you know, he would have changed his ways. But he hasn't because he's back... Not just tasering dead rats in front of his friends because that's that sounds funny, but also um, I saw see I saw that video. I didn't see the other one though where he he was trying to perform CPR on a fish that was still alive and brought it out of the water. And so he was torturing not just torturing dead animals, a live animal. He was torturing technically. That's that's awesome. That's not some sort of psychopathy at all. At that point, is it? So this uh, this is him being back doing this stuff for barely over a week, back at it. And um, what's interesting about this is that the the people when I watched the the footage of the him ta- tasering a rat, and at some point you have to think it's a good idea to like shoot a, a dead rat and pretend to be horrified by it, it just just I don't know, elicit a reaction out of your out of your twelve year old following, but. The friends, there's, there's a, uh, I don't know if they're a couple or not. There's this guy in a blue shirt and in this, uh, woman, short woman in a denim jacket. that have to sit by while they're getting filmed and pretend like this is something they want to be associated with on camera. I don't know if these were the same people in Japan, you know, in, in the suicide forest as it, as it's as it's uh, termed uh, when they were all there on vacation and all decided, hey, I want to be on camera. While we exploit a, a man's suicide for views. I don't know if these are the same folks here. But it's obvious that... I don't know if they're not comfortable. But they're friends with Mr. Paul. Um, and at some point... You know... I, I, can one of these friends say... What the fuck are you doing? I don't, Or I don't want to be associated with this. Or I don't want to be on camera while you... Pretend to gross us out. Or taser a, a dead rat. Like that's an awesome idea. To begin with. So that, I'm just... And I'm wondering that out loud about what do the friends think? Because I'm sure uh, Logan Paul is not this dumb that he wants to constantly get in trouble. But then again, he's he's more more known publicly when this stuff happens when he gets in trouble. You know, it blows up into the mainstream. And you know, there is an expression that there's no such thing as bad publicity. Well, there is when you get to a point where you're just known for screwing up uh, massive uh, online ecosystems like YouTube and the advertising schemes. But at some point, people around you have to stand up and say, I know you're my friend. Maybe you're, you're a semi-meal ticket. I want to know. I want to be in Logan Paul's inner circle. Maybe these people are thinking that. But at some point, you're associated with this. Now, when I'm looking at this article and looking at a screenshot, I see these two people's faces there. And they're looking down like, now, 30 years later, they're going to be associated with this bullshit. You know? I, I just don't, I don't know. That that's just. I'm just wondering that out loud about who he's surrounding himself with? Maybe he maybe there's just all yes men and yes women are, uh, surrounding him. He's like the George Lucas now of vlogging and YouTube. No no one's going to say, hey dude, maybe this isn't a good idea because you just got in trouble for for putting out a video of a suicide vi- uh, victim. And no one said that, or if they did say it, he ignored them. Uh, either way, it's not not the best sort of thing. Right when you come back and. And oh yeah, and I did see this. This was taken down. He did tweet about uh, the Tide Pod stuff. He said, "Swallowing one Tide Pod per retweet—that's cute because people are actually getting really uh, hurt or dying from eating Tide Pods." And of course, there is the Darwin Rule in effect. But it's just still, you know, you, you, you got to ease back into your your, your shock, shocking vlog ways. Is there, is there a genre, of shock vlog like like shock jock, radio DJ shock vlog? Er, all right. So, so what happened was this: so he comes back, he does this video, and YouTube's probably like, okay, maybe this guy earned his lesson. This this chippy, very successful millionaire, twenty two year old, and nope, he didn't. He he has videos torturing live and dead animals, not just not just dead, but also live, and that's that's fantastic for your pre-PBS audience. That's fantastic. So YouTube said, uh, due to a, what was their exact tweet that I responded to with my cute cat, Jif? Yes, it's Jif. Uh, Logan Paul, YouTube. They, they suspended his ass on his channel. Yeah. So that's interesting because he did get one strike on his channel from the other video. If YouTube really had some teeth, though, they would have also given him a second channel strike. And, of course, if you get three channel strikes, I think with, within six months, is it? Your channel wiped from the earth and you can't get it back. And you can't come back from that. Um, so PETA came out against the videos and everyone's like, wow, this is the one time ever that the vast majority of society is siding with PETA over something. So congratulations, Logan Paul. You made everyone on the planet society <laughs> be on the side of, of PETA. <laughs> That's just really, uh, really cute. You brought us all together. The left, the right conservative, liberal, and PETA. So that's interesting. So yeah, uh, YouTube is suspending the ads on his channel, which will cost this guy money, but he also hawks his merchandise so, so much. And the other thing that was sickening was that uh, I didn't see this myself, but the report was that after he came back, he was still putting like uh, suicide forest and stuff like that in the tags to his new videos so that if you search for videos about that, it, his other videos not related to that would come up So he, he saw it He was he, he was Sorrowful enough to do an apology And stay away for a month But not sorrowful enough To not be able to still capitalize Off someone's suicide in some way So that's all you really need to know about this, this individual And there has to be a half-life To being one of these cool-ass vloggers There has to be You know, you, you're, you're, uh, your fans grow up They have some geometry homework to do they go to college and, and eventually they move on from it. You would you would hope, you would hope. But but that I think that's what what's so frustrating to YouTube and to other uh, to YouTubers is that you know the, you know there there are impressionable youth. After this the suicide uh, video, um, he had a lot of people defending him, saying, "Oh, he just made a mistake. Yeah, just made a mistake. Like he like dropped a carton of milk on the ground." No, it was much more than that. There was there was many steps in the, in the road along uh, along the conscious path where he could have said, "All right, this is not a good idea. I'm actually doing something pretty reprehensible," and, and no one on his team stopped him or convinced him, and of course he didn't. So so there you have it. Uh, I think what's going to happen though is, I think YouTube's gonna have to make an example out of someone, if not him someone else and ban them from the ban someone from the platform from just for just stepping out of line and not just someone little because they throw off small channels left and right but someone significant like him like okay you're using our platform to make a, a good amount of money you have to really you know you have to fall in line because we're google slash alphabet hope i wish i didn't change your name to Alphabet i wanted to say google slash alphabet we're Google, we're YouTube, you have to do whatever we say, which they do, it's their playground, it's their rules at the end of the day. But they have to apply the rules equally, regardless if you have uh, 500 subscribers, 5,000, or uh, 5 million, or whatever. They have to apply the rules equally. Equal protection under the law, right? That's, that should be happening with YouTubers as well. And we'll see. I, don't, I think someone like this, though, realizes that their whole their whole... Shtick is shock value. Like, uh, like, what did he do the one time he he, he faked his own uh, murder in front of a bunch of fucking ten year olds, and 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 not to say that if you're ten year old you're bad, but I'm just saying that's emphasis on that's his audience. There are young kids that are seeing this guy as a celebrity, and this isn't an old man yelling at clouds, but it is sort of shocking how this is the way mainstream entertainment has turned. But you know who's to blame out of all that? It's not necessarily Logan Paul for putting out uh, really worthless, vapid content. It's not necessarily the the youth of today, God I'm old, that want to watch that and grab towards that. It's the parenting. It's the quality of the parenting and the parents themselves of these children and teenagers. And, and they can look at the demographics like, oh, well, he has 25 to 30-year-olds watching or if you you can sign up for YouTube, and I guarantee you, a lot of the people that sign up are a lot younger just to get an account. You know, so it, whatever his stats are, I'm sure the average age is younger by a by a factor of four to five years at least. But where are the parents here? The parents are not knowing what their kids are looking at. They're not they're not looking over. I guess you know the, the web history. They have that software to put on it. You know, if I have a ten year old, I I want to know what YouTube videos are watching. I do. I would think that would be responsible. The same way my parents pretty much knew everything I watched on TV. I remember them banning In Living Color <laughs> and not letting me watch it. I was so upset. But you know, maybe when I was you know, 10, 11 years old, maybe I should have been watching In Living Color. The whole point is that my parents have the right to do that, the right to monitor and restrict the entertainment coming in. So where are the parents? That, and these are millions of parents that don't know what's going on. where they approve of their children? Young boys and girls, impressionable youth, watching this stuff? I sound like I'm 75 years old, but it, it, it's to me it's just common sense. Because if, if the parents said, hey, this is not a guy to look up to or aspire to, you know, suicide is something really bad and it shouldn't be made light of in a video nor torturing dead or... A lot live animals. Even people say, "Oh, it's a dead animal. Who cares?" Like it's just disrespectful to life in general. I think that's what the theme is in here, or he has no respect for life, living or dead. And that goes beyond those videos. Like I said, when when you have when you run around in, in Japan and, and mess with people, you, you, you're the boorish American stereotype running around Japan, running into shops and causing havoc, just so you get your get your abuse and get your your YouTube AdSense revenue you know that's just not someone that kids should be watching thinking that's okay behavior and I'm, I'm, I'm s- starting sound like a Sunday school teacher at this point but I really think that's that's really to me what's the kind of the saddest part about it is that you have not only children and preteens and teens that look up to people like this YouTube also then allows these sort of videos to get put in the algorithm and promote these folks with their own YouTube red shows and, and movies and have them for their year-end fucking YouTube uh, rewind events. So YouTube's partially to blame there as well for letting this manifest to this point. Where now advertisers are going are saying, "What the hell's going on? Like, like, who are your top YouTubers and why are they fuck ups?" Because if I'm an advertiser and I'm seeing this in the, in the news, I'm I'm a little skittish. I'm spending more ad dollars and now it's going to affect the bottom line because this is mainstream news and it makes YouTubers look bad again. And so YouTube came down and said, all right, no ads on your channel for a while. But I wish it was – I'm not necessarily saying this guy deserves to get his channel wiped out at this point just like that. But at least now he knows if he screws up again, yeah, it should be gone. So he better at this point change his channel to be, I don't know, playing with Legos or, or – Doing reviews of Intellivision games. So this is where YouTube really has to put their money where their mouth is. Where if they're going to set an example, this is the perfect guy to do it. Where now, if he does something reprehensible again, like this, and breaks the term serv- terms of service again with this many followers and this high-profile channel, you have to show that no one is irreplaceable. Every YouTuber is replaceable. Even if you have if you get millions of views per video, you are replaceable in the ecosystem. I don't care who you are. Everyone is. And so I think someone's going to be made an example of because someone's, someone's going to screw up again. It's just a matter of when. It's just a matter of when, whether it's Logan Paul doing it again or someone else. I think Felix knocked off the Nazi jokes, I think he said, because he realized, yeah, Nazis do exist in modern times, at least neo-Nazis. Like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be doing making all these jokes um, without any thought. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if, if uh, I don't know, if the, if the next video is... Uh, Logan Paul kicking field goals at his local high school using using kittens. That might be the next video when he comes back after his, his next uh, fake apology tour. Man, he couldn't go like a week and a half with <laughs> screwing up again. <laughs> oh, man. So that's what's going on there. Parents, act like fucking parents. Talk to your kids. Know what they're watching. Know what people they look up to—entertainers, sports figures, whoever. Just be better parents too, so that these people aren't allowed to to, to uh, grow and have this sort of audience. That's in my opinion, as an old man here, uh, sitting sitting back here. Who watched the Super Bowl? Anyone watched the Super Bowl? You all did, right? It's it's, it's more of a uh, American. Gluttony holiday It's everything on display That we like And I love the Super Bowl It should be just A national holiday We should get Every Monday off If I was president Everyone would get The Monday off After the Super Bowl Everyone Because It's it's a celebration You know You you have uh, Violence for entertainment You have Mass commercialism You have Gluttony And eating Way too much garbage And it's a celebration Of just entertainment In general and that's what that's what the US is all about, right? So I'm just glad the Patriots lost. I'm a Giants fan. I cannot root for the Patriots. I can barely root for the Eagles. But uh Frank had a he had a good train of thought. He was he said to me, Well, if the Eagles lose, that means the Giants two victories were even greater because that means they were the only ones that beat Tom Brady out of eight attempts both times. I'm like, no, well, I don't want him to win because I'm tired of this. Brady is the goat talk, which is bullshit. Since Brady had uh, out of his out of his five wins, three were handed to them him. You had the Tuck rule, you had the awful play calling at the end of the, end of the Seattle uh, Super Bowl three or four years ago, where everyone on the planet was like, "Run the ball from the one yard line, and you'll probably win the game," and they didn't do it. Interception, and of course, the worst choke job perhaps in professional sports at last year's Super Bowl when the Falcons gave up a 25 point lead in the second half oh my god that was just like wow now of course brady performed in there but i'm saying that you know for a while there was no talk of him being the goat because remember after he won the first three super bowls he then lost two and didn't win one for a while so he was three and two forever and at that point no one's like oh he's the goat you know it's like no greatest of all time and people are comparing him with jordan it's like well first of all you can't really compare someone in different sports like that doesn't make any sense but no brady no, I'm glad Brady didn't win. Philadelphia, don't tear down your city. Don't make your don't don't fit the Philadelphian sports fan stereotype of, of being the the worst ever. Just don't do that. But it's too it's too late. Surprised no one got killed. Now that awning collapsed they they went to that hotel, it's like a Ritz Carlton hotel, and there's like 40 people jumping on the awning outside the entrance, and it collapsed, and it was lucky no one got killed. Reportedly, someone stole a police horse. I don't know. For a while, I was listening to the Philadelphia police band online. Just to see, like, the <laughs> them talking. All right, we need a bunch of officers over here on this street. And this street, I'm like, oh, my God. Well, they're going to ride either way, but so at least uh, Philly won. And so, uh, yay. Go go Nick Foles. Of course, though, the highlight of the night was Eli Manning doing the Dirty Dancing uh, end zone celebration dance with with uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. That was fantastic, fantastic. So Eli, again. Defeated the New England Patriots. Here, here, you lie. You got one more in you, buddy. I believe in you. I want one more. I want one more victory against the Patriots. I want you to go three zero, so you can be forever. Even if you still are the Patriots and Brady's daddy, but you know, just to just to put the nail in the coffin a bit more. <laughs> All right, let's go to some some Twitter. See you podcast. No, this is not so common podcast. Twitter questions. All right, let's see what what people are commenting on here going backwards and I wasn't going to do this at first because I'm trying to work on a video. Uh I I am trying to to get a uh analog super NT review out, but with everything going on here, it's not kind of easy to get on a a workflow. Not at all. Not at all. Okay, let's see what's going on here with any sort of questions here. <coughs> Alright, that's not my hashtag, that's someone else. Uh, let's see. Alright. <laughs> this is from that BroKill 7421. Amazon self-serving store idea. Do you think it'll catch on? I don't I don't know. I this is one of those weird sort of do we really need this turning points in human history where maybe 20 years from now we cannot imagine even having self-checkout. Registers, let alone having people help us check out. But now you have all these Amazon stores where you have, I guess, your phone apps on or whatever. You walk into the store, there's no registers at all, and by the tags on all the items, you get all the stuff you need, food items, whatever, and you walk out and you're you're automatically charged. You're automatically charged and you're done, right? So when they when they start to open these stores up, it's funny that the lines going out the door are insane, even with no cashiers, because people want to try this out. So it kind of defeats the purpose of standing in line at a register. I don't mind standing in line at a register. I mean, when I go I go food shopping like once a week, and I'm maybe, maybe in line for like five minutes, usually. Five, six, seven minutes. It's not long at the food store. You go to Costco, yeah, you might be waiting 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But I, I don't know if that – I want to see a future without any cashiers. It's just one more, well, ro- robots and technology taking over for us humans. And, and yeah, it's a shame, or or maybe you shouldn't hold on to old technology. But I don't know. There's something to be said for entry level jobs. You want to call them minimum wage jobs? I always thought the term was entry level jobs because those were the first jobs you ever got in high school or in college. And I had I had a few. I, I worked at a I worked at a supermarket, for example. I worked at Suncoast Motion Picture Company. I've had the the tales of woe about that. Monstrosity chain of DVD and VHS items, um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think I want to see it disappear. I don't know. Would you ever go on a reality competition show like Big Brothers from that user pending, why or, or why not? Uh, I, I I tried out for singled out I think back in the day, and that other one, the the third wheel of the hell it was, uh, one of those shows I tried out for uh or two of them, I think I' tried it for two in the same day. it was weird, but uh didn't get it probably not because I'd be embarrassing. People would have found that by now. <laughs> a reality show I don't know I, I don't see the point i I mean they're 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 meant to humiliate you and they're gonna edit you to make make it look like a jerk off at the end of the day. uh Logan Paul question answered that uh that's that's a game question. uh this is from Matt Picard. Underscore M underscore maker racist trolls and DC fanboys are planning to flood Rotten Tomatoes with negative reviews for Black Panther. Do you think this undermines Rotten Tomatoes' credibility? How should they respond? Uh, There's there's going to be racist or just and or trolls, uh, no matter what. Uh, You should say I should be Marvel fanboys, not DC fanboys. Oh no, DC fanboys! This is a Marvel movie. What are you talking about? So I don't know. I I think uh, obviously this is getting great reviews. There's only like a couple of negative reviews so far for uh, Black Panther. I think it's going to be very good. Uh, mind-blowing. We'll, we'll see. I'll have the review on the next uh, not-so-common podcast because we're going to miss it on the CU podcast unless we go weekly, which has been discussed before. Uh, but I don't know if it undermines Ron Tomino's credibility because people go by the critic score first anyway. The user review score, not so much. This is from at Angry Gamer 1987 Phantoms have become too polarized these days. You either love or hate something, and the inclusion of diversity seems to cause some people to lose their minds. Do you think our current political climate is causing this, or does social media turn people into assholes? Social media definitely turns people into assholes. The Internet turns people into assholes. Because you never, ever, for the most part, act on social media or online, as you do when you're talking to a person, even on the freaking phone. A lot of people don't have the courage there that they would online. So I think the, the political climate is somewhat based on social media. It's not helping it, for sure. It's not making it any better. Uh, <laughs> this is from at Slightless Eye Entertainment. Talk about the stock market. Scary stuff, bud. Well, there had to be a correction in the stock market. 2017 was insane. And so the correction you're seeing now is natural because I think, I think my 401k went up 10% in 2017. That's an insane return. On any sort of stocks or, or mutual funds in one year. 10%, that's nuts. And by the way, I didn't see, uh, I saw Trump taking a lot of credit for the stock market doing gangbusters in 2017, Dow being so high up. I don't see him talking about it now that it that it's taken a hit. Haven't seen that. Hmm, interesting. Maybe because the president really doesn't affect the stock market uh, either way. So it's better to use it to your advantage and not talk about it when it's bad. Yeah, that's probably it. Uh, this is from at Pizza Killer. Got any more to ghost stories? <laughs> My Dave Chappelle crack voice. I don't have any new ghost stories. I think I I talked about most, not all of them, on the CDU podcast with Ian. Uh, I did. This is from at Gray Fox three nine three. Will you ever interview one of those the game chasers, knuckleheads? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Billy and Jay I talked to them I don't know if we'd have a, a lot of agreement on some issues I don't know if, if uh, Me and Jay will get in some arguments on. I, I love Jay I love Billy I don't know if that would be good Good radio I don't know <laughs> it, it might begin and end at uh, Linking being the most overrated president As Jay thinks I think the, the discussion might begin and end <laughs> uh, Norm and I Kind of looked at each other we were flabbergasted When that happened This is from at Metal Groove 45 Thoughts on Best Buy removing CDs from their stores in July? What they still had CDs at Best Buy in two thousand eighteen? If you told me they they got rid of them four years ago or five years ago, I would have said I'm not shocked by that. And this this will be the the this will be the headline four years from now for DVDs and Blu-ray. I'm not shocked at all. I'm they probably aren't selling them. Who's buying CDs? Who? All right, the return of the Jersey Shore. At Jesse Thibodeau Alright So the Jer- the Jersey Shore wasn't always Known to be The trashy enclave Of Low class Staten Island people And people from Jersey or New York That would come down there and just act like Fucking uh, Jerkoffs and Trashy guidos No it used to be just a family you know it's a family shore site, the same way Asbury Park used to be until like the late eighties, where it became a hellhole. So, Seaside Heights, I man, it's 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 almost sad to think about what it's become. But now it's actually getting better now after the well, Superstorm Sandy had to recover from, it. and then the fire a year later was really knocked it out. And I and I shed a tear when I went back last last summer and took a look. But Jersey Shore wasn't always known as being just a, a Trashville. It, it didn't, okay, it wasn't always just like, okay, it wasn't like Ocean City, where it's like, okay, this is no one or Kate Mayor, or this is, you know, high class. But it wasn't as bad as it got. So, I'm, I'm always referring to the to the show, which I'm getting to. So the Jersey Shore was pretty all right. Still kind of family friendly. Yeah, you always had those 18-karat gold and 14-karat gold and silver stores that were trash in the world. Where if you bought an earring, it may or may not have just been you know just fake gold Or t- t- turn your ears green Or whatever if you wore the earrings <laughs> Fake diamonds Being sold but it was always fun You always had the rise. you always had the, the, the awesome arcades And you had the nice the nice crane Claw games that I became an expert at And, it, and you always Had of course the probably not Totally random gambling <laughs> games That were kind of weird besides The frog bug that I won for my ex Last year I, I won her a couple of stuffed animals I won her a frog And I got that, that Whenever you see that Whenever you see that uh, That pencil That stuffed pencil That I won that with Frog Bog Last year So What happened was this The Jersey Shore Was Wasn't Unknown But MTV first hit there About I want to say it was 98 or 99 Somewhere around there they, they had a shore house there On the shore They rented it out And they would broadcast Live from there So that then put it on the map and that brought a lot of trash and a lot of lot of uh, low class scum there. That kind of turned it away from being as family friendly as even it was even five years before. Then then MTV came back again. I want to say early two thousands, like two thousand one or two thousand. So they're there twice within three or four years, and that was sort of the beginning of the end then for it being family friendly. Or by then it was gone. You know, of course you can still bring your kids on there and have fun. You'll, you know, they, you have the the Ferris wheel and you have the the rides and everything I'm not saying you didn't have that but just the just the tone of it being just more and more just greasy and slimy and more guidos coming there just made it the absolute worst and of course because of that MTV decides to do a, a third fucking punch to the balls for Seaside Heights and Seaside Park they do the Jersey Shore show there what was that 2008 or so and then they have those people there and by the way all those all those those talented cast members of the Jersey Shore None of those, for the most part, I think, are even from New Jersey. They're not even they're not even Jersey folks. They're from Staten Island or somewhere in New York. Maybe one's from New Jersey. So you have these people coming from outside New Jersey, coming to Seaside, and then not just that, representing, we'll just say, Italian Americans, which I myself am included in that group, representing us in a trashy, trashy, disgusting way. Gtl life, gym tan, laundry. All right. I, I, first of all. Yes, people like to tan. Yes, the gym is pretty fun to go to, to get, stay in shape, and so you can eat all those nice uh, zeppoles and cheesesteaks on the boardwalk. The laundry part, I don't understand who's do, who's doing laundry every day of their life. I just don't – that I never understood. That Besides that though, yes, there are guidos that have existed in Jersey and Staten Island before the Jersey Shore show. Absolutely. I was friends for a long time and, and you know, with someone that I would say, it was probably a guido. Yeah, he was probably – Guido, maybe not GTL life, but you know uh, GT life. Maybe his mom still did his laundry at, at home, most likely. But what the Jersey Shore show did, though, was cast a spotlight on it and, and just show how trashy that had become with its with the bar scene there and just all the you know the Guidos and Italian princesses going down there, and it just made it seem like. All of New Jersey was trash because of that, and and yeah, and yeah, people out there, yeah, there are some elements in New Jersey that are nefarious, but there's tons of New Jersey's beautiful. There's it's called the freaking Garden State. There's lots of nice mountain ranges in New Jersey and forests, and there's we have a Jersey Devil there, I think, somewhere lurking. And yeah, there are the bad parts as well. If you go up, if you go up, you know, the Turnpike, it's not the most nice looking area. The Meadowlands area is not the nicest looking area, but yeah, it was a swamp at one point, and probably was nice and peaceful. That aside though, when I moved out here in 2009, once people found out I was from New Jersey, I went on a lot of bad internet dates for the first year or two when I was here. almost Not almost every, every woman would ask me this, but most would ask me, so the Jersey Shore, is that real? Are people really like that? Are a lot of people in New Jersey like that? And I had to say, well, yes, the show's real. There are trashy guidos like that. Absolutely. It is a subculture down there. Absolutely. Or is everyone from New Jersey like that? No. A lot of us, most of, of people from New Jersey think it's a slap in the face to have a show like that. You know, it's it's almost like the Sopranos and, you know, how they portray Italian Americans, for example. But the Jersey Shore has, did become like that, largely, unfortunately. So, yeah, I, I had to explain to all these these people, uh, men and women, when I first moved here, because that's when the show was popular, like 2008, 9, 10, 11, about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jersey Shore. That's that's that show. Yeah, yeah, that's how some people really are. Yeah, and they're trash. So them coming back is kind of weird. The show coming back is because at this point, who the hell cares? Maybe that they, maybe they'll take the angle out. Oh well, the Jersey Shore is not what it used to be. I'm because of the fire and Superstorm Sandy. And They're trying to make it more family friendly again, having more restaurants and they and there's like less there's less arcades and less trash. There's still you're never gonna get rid of the trashy t-shirt shops. You're never going to get rid of those that uh, are selling the potentially fake gold and silver. That's never going away. But, you know, they're they're trying to upgrade it from, from what I saw there. So we'll see what happens. I, I wish nothing but the best for the second Jersey Shore show on, on MTV. I'm sure it'll be lots of laughs with people with fake tans. And I'm sure there'll be hilarity ensuing for those quasi-celebrities. And that's... We're going to leave it there. Depressing not-so-common Jersey Shore edition podcast. I should... I should do one live. Live from Casino Pier and Waterworks. I think they changed the name of Waterworks. Someone bought it. Do <laughs> you guys know I have a Patreon? It's patreon.com slash country to help support things I do here. I castle country. All the equipment I'm, I'm buying to, to upgrade this show to start my Twitch channel. Uh upgrade the CU podcast it all helps Helps keeps, keeps the lights on at Castle Country it's uh, patreon.com slash pat country there, you want to subscribe if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on YouTube, if you're listening there if you somehow got this in a Twitter feed or whatever you know, this is available on Podbean, Stitcher iTunes, Google Play or whatever you use to listen to podcasts please like the podcast, click that like button, smash it Leave a comment. Let us know how much you enjoy my ramblings as well. Yeah, and uh, if you want to advertise, you can even advertise on the Not So Common Podcast. Shoot me an email for rates at notsocommon at thepunkeffect.com. That's all for this time. I'm going to be recording a CU podcast with Ian here in a few days, and that should be a fun time. And maybe we'll bring up the Jersey Shore. Probably not. All right, everyone. I'm going to see you later. I'm going to go have some uh, leftover sushi that hopefully won't kill me. Take care.